Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 33 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host Dan Zarzicki and I'm joined here by Tristan Atherness. We're totally data on Derry. And Patrick Knight. Dan just discovered Karen Gillan. All is right with the world. Yeah. <laughs> and now and now he actually probably wants to watch some Doctor Who. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> right? I mean he thought he thought she was a man who was a Saturday Night Live actor, but that's, that's Taryn Killam. Yep. Taryn Killam, not Karen Gillan. That has been corrected. <laughs> Things have been erected. And all is right with the world. <laughs> so what is the spoiler cast you're asking? Why are we talking about women? Spoiler cast has nothing to do with anything we've been discussing for the past one minute and 18 seconds. The spoiler cast is your look at the latest and greatest in gaming <laughs> news were, reviews. You were trying to think of a time frame to the list, weren't you? We talk about what we've been playing. We talk about the latest and greatest in news. And at the end of the episode, the, the end, end of, of the, the episode, episode that's we, the part that comes last. We spoil a game for you. Today's game, as you couldn't tell from the title or the image or the content, Batman Arkham Knight. Eh. Wrong. We'll get to that. Is Bloodborne, the latest masochistic action-adventure combat RPG from... Bloodbath. From, from, from software. Fucking grueling marathon of pain. Trail of tears. Marathon isn't painful. No, Marathon's a super fun game. Yep. Bloodborne being the game by the folks who brought you Demon Souls, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls, Dark Souls 2... And the this upcoming time, Dark Souls 3. Yep. Hooray for originality. Which we will talk about. Yeah. All right. We will talk about Dark Souls because we will get to that because right. there's something about Dark Souls 3 that I want to talk about. But, um, yes, to put things in perspective, this is the first From Software game I've actually completed. Yes, and I have gotten to the first boss and It took lost. me 60 hours. And I, I will never finish this game. So we're I am just never talk selling, about it now. I am never selling this game. Is going to live amongst my games library as a fucking trophy. There it is. See what I have defeated! I, I know it, Patrick. I already know. I already know it. Never mind. What? I saw a spark in your... I saw a spark in your eye. It was like 60 joke. hours. I was like... Mm. I put 150 in Skyrim over Christmas vacation once. Yes. So... And I couldn't beat it because it was glitched! Right, but that's a... That's a Bethesda game. <laughs> so, Patrick, while you were overtaken by emotion... What? Have you been playing anything we should no, know about? Or? I haven't been playing a goddamn thing. Because <laughs> I have honestly been depressed the last seven weeks, which is so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Do you want to talk about it on the spoiler cast? Nah. Alright, maybe we'll, maybe we'll unlock something. I'm drinking it from a Doctor Who glass. Life is good. What are you drinking? It's tea. Yep, oh, iced tea. I just looked at the bottom of the glass and Doctor Who was staring at me. That makes me slightly happier. It used to have a uh, color-changing, uh, appearing, disappearing TARDIS on it. Based Much on the that once was is now lost. For now, none now live who remember it. Tristan, Anyways. what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, so I beat Batman because I was like, I have to finish this. How would I've you beat f- Batman? He's the good guy. <laughs> I although um, recently I did read a very compelling movie article review something piece that explains why the Joker is actually the good guy and Batman's the villain in the Dark Knight. The movie. Maybe. The movie, not the comics. Okay. I, I can That's what I go by. See. I don't go by the comics. I can see the that there. Have you heard the theory? 
that Batman isn't real, that everything in the comics is actually Bruce Wayne's delusions, and that he is in Arkham City having lost his fucking mind seeing his parents come down in front of him, and that all of the supervillains are actually just staff or doctors at the hospital. That's a cool theory. So Poison Ivy is the nurse who sedates him when he yep. gets over, uh, over-agitated. Uh, Two-Face is the guard who is nice when everyone's looking, but beats up the prisoners, the inmates when the backs are turned. And that Joker and Harley Quinn are the two lead psychiatrists. Interesting. And where does that leave the Scarecrow? Or Killer Croc? Or Killer Penguin? Croc is another inmate? In the Probably asylum. a big inmate. Yep. Like um, a big... <laughs> or, or, or no, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, get Bane racist. Bane and Killer Croc are orderlies. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Bane and Killer Croc are orderlies. Bane being the strongest one, though, because... Bane has beaten the living dog shit out of Killer Croc on numerous occasions. Yep. We're talking about comics on a podcast about video games. Derailing successful. Yep. Um, so, the, so uh, By the way, the, uh, the thumbnail for this episode is going to be Karen Gillum with a train going off the tracks underneath. That's going to be the... <laughs> oh, I need to talk to you about, I need to talk to you about music choices, because I know exactly what mu- song should be used for this episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I did that. I haven't been playing much of anything else, because I'm waiting for... Uh, MGS5 to come out. Mm-hmm. Though I have been playing a lot on my Monkey $2 PSP. 5 for those of you playing the home game. Uh, I have been playing a lot of my $2 PSP. Let, talk about your $2 PSP. Tell us the story. So I found a PSP at, basically at a yard sale. It was the Wallace Westbrook Friends meeting book sale for 2 bucks. Mm-hmm. No charger. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's 2 bucks. It's, uh, said PSP is actually right over there right now. Um, it's like, it's two bucks. Oh my god, it's actually got a memory card. Um, so I was like, you know what? For two bucks, why the hell not? So I take it into GameStop. They plug it into a charger. And it starts up. So I buy a charger. And it turns out that the battery's expanded. It isn't connecting properly. So it only works when it's plugged into the charger. So I'm like, okay, that's okay. It's just not a PlayStation Portable. Then I, re- then I discover that I can't update the operating system. <laughs> because the update is more than 32 megabytes. And it says you have to have at least a 32 megabyte card, which is what I have. And it's th- like 32.8 megabytes for the install. And the memory card is 32.4. It's like, you fuck. So then I'm like, okay, okay, so I'll just play it on the operating system I- it has. That'll, that'll be fine. So should I, like, be hype this episode and him be great? And so then I'm like, sure. So then I'm like, you know what? But you know what? It's okay. You know what? I'll, I'll get I'll get a Valkyrie profile because that game's awesome. I'll get Prinny. I'll get all these other cool games for PSP. So I get Prinny. I pop it in. Goes cool. You need to update your operating system. I'm like, fuck. Oh, but the operating the updates included on the UMD for Prinny. Great. So I'll plug it in. Do that update that way. There's insufficient battery. You have to have a battery in. To do an update from the UMD, even if it's plugged into power. <laughs> That's just in case it becomes unplugged, I think, while you're using it. So then I have to go buy a goddamn PSP battery. <laughs> do you know how hard those things are to find? No. Like in any sort of working condition? <laughs> Why, well, Tristan? No. <laughs> it's a pain <laughs> in the ass! <laughs> Believe it or not, Patrick and I are not experts in finding PSP 1000 batteries. <laughs> So I go buy a battery, it gets delivered, I slot it in, I finally do the update, I'm like, great, I can finally play Prinny. 
a game having to do with the best part of the Disguise series, which are the printies, because they're the best part of that game. And you know what I discover? I can't wait. Prinny is a bitch. <laughs> like, okay, you know how, like, the first Castlevania, Castlevania game? <laughs> Castlevania. <is> Castlevania. <laughs> My cousin Vanya was very... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know how the first Castlevania game is very meticulously designed? Like, your jump arc is very specific. Your attack arc is very specific. Enemy placement is very specific, right? Prinny is like that. But set up to be a dick. <laughs> it's like, this enemy is perfectly positioned so that in the jump you have to make, he will hit you and knock you off the stage, killing you. Is it a platformer? Yes. Okay, so it's not a strategy like the others. Okay. No. Sounds like a strategy game. Yeah. You have a thousand lives to complete the game with. You will need every single goddamn motherfucking one. <laughs> and that's had this discussion and somewhere. that's not. I'm not even playing on the difficulty where you get killed in a single hit. Yeah. That is how you know a true masochist. <laughs> it sounds like the game we're going to talk about later tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> On the plus side? Have you tried not being a scrub? <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Getting back to I'm Castlevania. I'm almost done with it. Uh, the best part about the game, though, is that one of the things you can unlock is the ability to literally throw your extra lives at enemies. Right, how familiar are you with this guy? Not familiar at all. Okay. I, know it's a, I know it's like Final Fantasy Tactics, one of those turn-based strategies. Yeah. So, I know it's very hard, and I know you can level up pretty much infinitely. You can, pretty, you can level up anything. You can level up yourself. You can level up your equipment. You can level up your equipment's abilities. You can level up enemies. You can level up shops. You can level up the fuck. <laughs> you can level up the goddamn hell, Senate of Hell, if you want to. Um, the disguise games take place in hell. And one of the main inhabitants of these are called Prinnies. And Prinnies are, are basically the souls of people who did bad shit in real life. And Prinnies either get to go to heaven or hell to work off. So they're kind of like in purgatory. Prinnies who go to heaven are those who did minorly bad things. And they do volunteer work for no pay. Prinnies who go to hell get paid jack shit and get the ever-loving crap beat out of them for doing it. Prinnies, there are crap tons of them. They are individually weak and cowardly because they are the bottom of the goddamn food chain. And they explode if thrown. If you throw a pretty, they explode. So, or if you handle them too roughly. So in printing the game, one of the things you can unlock is the, is the ability to literally throw your extra lives at your enemies. Because you aren't one printing with a thousand lives. You are a thousand printies each with one life. That's awesome. Getting back to Castlevania. I think I have a problem. <laughs> Every time we talk about anything remotely video game related, my first thought goes to something Halo. It's like, oh, Prinnies, they're weak on their own, but in a large group. They're very dangerous. And I was like, oh, so they like grunts. And then we were playing Ratchet Flood. and Clank. Yep. And we're like, oh, what, 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 was his, what was his race again? The Novox or something? The like Lombax. Lombax. I was close. Not really. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, they're technological masters, and they suddenly vanish. So I'm like, oh, like the Forerunners. Yep. I think I need to stop thinking about Halo. <laughs> except that, except that, in a later game, we eventually learn why the Wombats disappeared, and they actually had a good fucking reason. Getting also, back to Castlevania. Also, everyone eventually you're like, 
eventually in one of the later games, people you meet other characters like, oh holy fuck, it's a Lombax. Oh god, I thought you were gone. Why are you here? Because the Lombax were goddamn terrifying. Anyways. I was saying, you said Castlevania, which is a cr- funny way to pronounce it. Have you guys ever thought about doing an episode of the show where we spoil a really popular game, but we pretend it's something else and try to throw people off? I don't know. We'll, we'll do that one of these times. Anyway. It's a weird Spoiler idea. Spoiler alert! Yeah. What are you talking about, Dan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, so you've been playing pretty on your PSP 1000. Also Valkyrie Profile, which is a much better game. My uh, roommate has been playing Valkyria Chronicles on the PC, and that's a very interesting game. Yeah, I that's would. I would recommend. <laughs> like, I would recommend we play Valkyrie Profile. We would for, like to like play. an LP. We you would like to play. Except that it has a super long unskippable opening. Well, do we? Thank you for that. Did we talk about Satoru Iwata? I don't think we've had an episode of have. the show since he passed away. All right, I'll make a note of that. Because that's what everybody wants to hear about now. That's like a month after it happens. Yep. But anyway. I, I swear we did. Because it was E3. was our last episode. Yeah, but I think you... No, he definitely passed away after. For after E3. Eh, what do I know? It's just been forever since we've recorded The last time we saw him was in Puppet 4. That's right. And that's what's most important. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. Uh, rest, in, Wada, rest in peace in peace uh, Requias and Passe Requias shot and Passe uh, Requias shot and Passe Anything else you've been playing? No, that's basically, like I said, I've been waiting for the next Metal Gear Solid so I Which a is new- a Hideo Kojima game no matter what Konami tries to do Oh, did you hear um, news that uh, <laughs> um, not really news, but Guillermo del Toro said he's officially never ma- trying to make a game ever again because this is the second thing he tried to make that resulted in like just the mass shutdown of a company or the firing of a well, it's, significant individual. Well, here's the thing. And he just said he's cursed and he won't make another well, game. Well, here's the thing. Is that is that del Toro says he wants to do a lot of things. He should do the like Howard he, the Duck game. He has a lot of like projects that he starts oh, or, me, that's or wants to get started. Um, or wants to get started that end up in develop in development limbo or production limbo or never get picked up by studios. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I still maintain that the reason Silent Hills got dropped was because it was too fucking scary. Nah. Nah. Because if it was too scary, everybody would buy it. And I'd buy it. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that they literally, like, that it was too scary for them to, like, finish building or something. That's why I like to do and shameless plug, you can watch us play PT, which was the demo for Silent Hills on the YouTube, on the YouTube channel. Threeheadedboy.com. If, if you want to hear us almost send a couch out a window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but what this means, though, is that now that he, Kojima is free from Konami, that means he's free to work on other things? Which means we can now get... Oh yeah, get, that'll go well. No, no. This means we can now get the dream pair up. I'm talking Hideo Kojima... Uh, no. Hideki Kamiya, Suda51, and Swery, all working together on one game. That would never work. Ever. Well, so, Kojima has already worked with uh, Hideki Kamiya from Platinum for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, mm-hmm. and Kojima was like, yeah, it was a great partnership. So we know those two already work really well together. They do. Then you, all you gotta do is just have a storyline 
concocted by Suda. Because everyone knows that they keep Suda, the Grasshopper Manufacturing keeps Suda 51 locked up in a basement, and every so often opens the door and goes, Suda, what have you got for us? Suda goes, okay, it's about assassins, and. Is that game he makes about assassins? Then you get Swery in on this for just general batshit insanity. So you've got Hideki Kamiya's over the top action sequences, Kojima's bz- ridiculous attention to detail, Swery's insane bullshit. With a storyline by Suda51. Sounds like a... It can happen like a, now! I've been, like, nursing a sneeze for, like, ten minutes now, and it's really starting to bug me. Do you want to pause recording and no, actually get good. that out? No, we're good. It's not going to come out by, by pausing. Um, Breaking news on Spotlight <laughs> Dan is coming out. So I bought a new 3DS XL. Or, I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, when I found out that I would be that I'd be moving and I'd be commuting to work, I said I have to buy it. That would be my like one of my little presents. Because I can get myself a nice new 3DS. So I traded in my old 3DS and I bought a new 3DS XL. Mm-hmm. And so far it's been pretty cool. Having a big screen makes a fucking world of difference. Oh yeah, I def- I definitely like my XL. Which I think is the same size screen is. that you guys have. Yeah. Yeah, I have the the, the Link Between Worlds 3DS. Oh, nice, nice. Yes. I was bummed that I couldn't pick up the uh, Majora's Mask new Did, one. Have you played uh, Xenoblade on it? Nah. I, I really tried to, th- to, to justify buying that game, and I still might. It's one of the best JRPGs ever. Oh, it is, and I love it on the Wii, but... Not sure what it'll be like it. on a... I've seen screenshots on the Nintendo store for mm-hmm. it. It looks like absolute garbage. Condensed down? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's garbage. A very, it's a very visually busy game on Wii. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that visuals are the end-all be-all, but it looks like shit on these screenshots. I'll have to watch a gameplay video or something, yeah. and see, maybe on break or something, I'll do that. Um, and I would probably buy the cartridge version of that game, only because I learned my lesson. I traded in my 3DS and forgot that I couldn't transfer my games over when it was traded in. Oh, you didn't pull out your memory card, did you? No, but it was like saved to the hard drive, I oh. think. I did pull out my memory card, but it was saved to the hard drive, I believe. Oh, no, you know what the other problem is, though, too? The new 3DS XL uses a microSD card. And I guess I could have transferred it. Mm-hmm. I'd try that, maybe, for um, Bravely Default and some of those other guys. But uh, That's a game I should pick up again. Yeah, it's really... So I picked up Animal Crossing virtually, so I have Animal Crossing with me at all yep. times. Because and, you need Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I went back and finished, got all the... I actually beat a game almost 100%. You'll be pr- proud of me, which is Link Between Worlds. Yep. So I got all the May Mays or My Mays or whatever the hell they're called. The little squid o- octopus things. And yep. got my sword spin craziness. Um, spoiler alert. Anyway, no. Um, so that was a lot of fun. You have a sword spin in a Zelda game. Oh my god, spoilers. And if anybody hasn't picked up, I think this is sort of old news at this point if you're at all interested in 3DSs, but the new 3DS follows your eyes. Yes. A little bit when you're playing, so if you kind of lay down or move around a little bit, you're not necessarily going to yeah, lose the 3D element. It's got this sort of facial tracking. It's crazy. It's insane. I don't use the 3D anyway. So. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. Is I find myself in most situations that 3D becomes distracting to my eyes or whatever, and I'll just yeah, turn especially it over off. a long. Plus, period. it destroys your. Battery. In the words of Alucard from Helsing Ultimate Abridged, "No, 3D is a stupid gimmick, and everyone knows it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think 3D is pretty cool, and actually it just, helps. Just navigate. play anything. Just play the first song that comes up. It helps navigate some of the games, like I'm Mario's a and bitch, stuff. I'm a lover. <laughs> That's the song we'll put on. That'll be one of them. No, no, no. 
I know exactly what songs need to be put on. Well, we need two. Yes, I know exactly which songs. My my Yeho. (laughs) You should put on for Bubble. Can we do? Can we please do a Numa Numa episode? Anyway, um, and there is a game called Numa. There it is. That'll be one of our spoiler casts. We could play uh, Super Mario Galaxy. We could. It it could be a Luma Luma episode. Luma Luma. No, see, that's just gone too far. (laughs) Um, That's where you draw the line. Other than that, just been playing Smash Brothers, and um, I beat Wolf Among Us, but I think I had beaten that for the last podcast, and we agreed to wait until maybe one day we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm one or two episodes away, and, well, if I ever play video games again... Yes, you will. Anyway. Anyway. News! News! So I did want to quickly mention, because we just brought it up, uh, that Satoru Wada did pass away, 55. Um, I made a little tribute article on the site for it. Um, not gaming, much just gaming has lost one of its best people. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, next news story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. Is there any? Uh, is there any traction on the movement to get him a me? I think so. I think he'll probably. be in Smash Brothers soon, or, or get an amiibo probably soon. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I meant. An amiibo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I can I can see that. Totally, I'd buy it. It'd be fun. I oh, mean, yeah. it's 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 corporate whoring at its at its worst because it's using tragedy to sell things. But yeah, I mean, that's I mean, when has that not been a thing? But but wouldn't you want the ability to put Satori Wada into almost any game you're playing? Yeah. Yep. Like, right. hey, it hey, would immortalize him. Yeah. Like, hey, Wada. And that's the thing; it would have to Let's be. Let's play some Mario Kart together. It would have to be done tastefully in a way that, like, maybe it's just an amiibo that becomes a me. With yep. like special characteristics on its face or something like that that you can use, yep. and it's just like to mortalize them on your system or well, something. I, I think I think it should be that that if, if you do do that, that it should be you add him. Like we're playing a multiplayer game, you add him as either a AI controlled thing in this, or an AI mm-hmm. even. Um, AI. What's what the A stand for? Artificial. What's the I stand for? Intelligence. Ah. What's the A stand for? Moving on! (laughs) What is that from? Red vs. Blue. Blue. Oh, okay. Um, You don't play games. You don't watch things. What do you do with your time? Women. Oh. I work on the site. Dick. (laughs) Well, yes! No, that's how I would would see it done, is, hey, I'm playing Mario Kart. Let's get Iwata in here. Yeah. Let's play with Iwata. Yeah. Right, you know, I have him be a character that like you you use the amiibo and he just gets in there, you know, or or something. In other news, other news. so there's there's been a lot. I have a few pieces here. I have a few pieces here. Uh, so time to talk about Destiny. Yeah, I have that. So good, yeah. let's cover it. So the inter- the the section of the internet of people who play Destiny are flipping their shit. Because finally, for like the first time ever, you can buy Galarhorn. Yep. Through through Zer. Mm-hmm. No, I've had mine for a very. I think I think mine was either the first or second legendary I ever got. Exotic. Exotic. There we go. It was on sale with Zer the very first week that he arrived at the tower. Oh, okay. Yep. And it probably so hasn't been since. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's very rare. Yeah. Um, what is it? That, that's the rocket launcher that, that is boosts the, into other rockets, right? That is the rocket launcher that does crazy damage that 
locks on and tracks targets, and on explosion, splits into multiple seeker rockets that do the same damage. Yeah, but it's getting nerfed. Uh, it's also absolutely gorgeous, which is another thing that people predicted was going to happen. Was that Yalohorn would be sold by Jur either right after or right before it was nerfed? Yep, that's that's Yalohorn. Ooh, it's pretty. Do you know what the name means? It's very pretty. No. Megaphone. Yep. That's awesome. I don't know if the mic picked that up because I was looking at Tristan. Megaphone! 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 Megaphone. That's Um, cool. Let's see. Uh, I got more Destiny news, so when you're done, I'll step in. Uh, Fall Shelter finally has an Android version. Whoa! Whoa! I'm not done with Destiny. I'm not done with Destiny. You just told me to see other stuff and then come back. No, to I meant it when you're done with what you're saying about oh. Destiny. We're not going to skip That's around That's all the news Destiny. I had. I haven't been playing Destiny for it. Well, the Taken yeah. King is coming out. Yep. Dinklebot is being replaced. Yes. Completely. Wiped out from the existing lore piece, lore piece of the game and replaced by Nolan North, who is... Who is, like, totally not in too many video games already. Yes. Yep. And, and what exactly are they going to do with the Dinklebot in Destiny right now? They're replacing all of his voice samples with Nolan North. So he's literally going to go in, record all of the existing dialogue, and then record all the new dialogue for the Taken King. And they're going to replace all of there's, uh, Dinklebots. There's got to be some licensing yeah. or now, there, like, yeah. right, like use right thing going on there. So I actually looked at the news pretty recently, like yesterday. And the most recent update to this was that it was just... This is what they said uh, at Bungie, was that it was just a a time thing where D- uh, Peter Dinklage didn't have enough time in his life to invest in this in sort of all thing. all the extra recording. In all yeah. the extra recording, and he couldn't be brought back. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think it has to do with his agent. I would assume, maybe it's just the bitterness inside, but I just get this impression that maybe the agent was getting greedy and they were asking for too much and they said, let's cut the cord now. Or it's in response to the original negative... It could have been just their fan response too. Yeah, at the beginning. Right. So Nolan North is going in now. It's important to note that he's never played the game and he is going into it completely, like, dry. Because, you know, that always helps. Well, no, so he's going to pretend... Well, Jen Taylor probably doesn't play Halo, so... Yeah. Right. I think it's actually a good idea, because it kind of get, gets him into the character as opposed to what people expect. Yeah. In a sense, but we'll see. Granted, Jen Taylor in Halo 4 was not necessarily a good thing, but it's yeah. not here or there. So Destiny the Taken King's going to have the biggest raid ever. ever. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. It better be. There's only been fucking two. Yeah, that's that's what that's what people said. Now I really enjoyed the Vault of Glass personally, even though I've never really played a raid in any game ever before that. Um, oh yeah, Vault of Glass is fun, but Vault of Glass is a lot of fun. So at least it's not broken like Crota. I just hope it's not big in a annoying, grindy way, and it's yeah. big in a Vault of Glass way, where there's a lot of fun stuff going on that differentiates. I, I hope it's big in a wow, holy shit, this has been epic way. Now the other big news with this expansion is that they're going to be getting rid of the light system. Oh. So they're going to be making it just about leveling. What, using your weapons, using your abilities, and leveling up your character. No more light system at all. That's from what I've heard. Now, somebody's going to listen to this so and tell me that, that I'm wrong, and that's okay. I, I suck, and that's fine. You can correct us on, on our forums at threeheadedboy.com. Wait, what's the, what's wait, the problem? Wait, we actually have forums? No, but you can comment. They, I yeah, did hear they were getting rid of light levels, which yeah, they, I think is a little strange. They're getting like, rid of light levels. Well, I mean, so. I think it's... 
I like it because it took me forever to get my first bits of light, and then it took forever to it just, but not in a good forever way, like just a bad. I've been farming the yeah. shit for ages, and I finally yeah. got well, light. Well, and, and all you really used motes of light for were was nothing really useful. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nice because it lets you know roughly where you were on par with someone else based on your equipment. But, I mean, it, it was kind of like, well, I reached level 20. That's it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yep. And now I have to gain the next, what, 15 levels? Almost double that just on my equipment? Yep. So. That's that. I don't have any other news on it. Um, I haven't played in a while, but I figured we'd share it because we share Destiny news. Yep. Tristan, I'll let you move to the next thing, something about Fallout Shelter. Yeah, so Fallout Shelter is finally on Android. Yay. Um, I feel another, like I've heard that before. Yeah, but in other Fallout news... This is the fun one. So, there was a Fallout 4 footage. There's Fallout 4 footage uh, released. Where was it? Um, it was. I think it was at Gamescom. Gamescom in, in Germany, like or something like that. Yep, that just happened. That was, um, you know, supposed to be, you know, kept behind closed doors. Someone got a hold of the footage, and of course, it started making its way around the internet. Bethesda was like, no, this is secret footage, guys. We don't, you know, just really spoil everything. <laughs> um, yes! Sorry. Okay. I just sneezed. It was exciting. <laughs> um, so, for example, if you try and post the footage on YouTube, it gets blocked and taken mm -hmm. down. On a whole bunch of other video sharing sites. So, people were like, okay, we'll share it through stuff like... Um, Whatever, whatever the new mega upload sure. is, you know, and those start getting too bogged down. So a bunch of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial spirits, finally figured out the best way to share this footage so that it wouldn't get taken down, is by linking it through porn sites. Yeah, by uploading stuff like like porn, like Pornhub and stuff like that. RedTube. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because is that even still a thing? What is RedTube even still a thing? Probably. No, I don't know. Porn is always still a thing. Uh, Porn will forever and always be a thing. Yeah. So it's so they found this kind of interesting way to get around all these restrictions. So if you don't mind all these ads to increase your girth and potential. <laughs> You could totally watch this Gamescom footage of Fallout 4. Wonderful. Um, so, there's, so those were the two bits of Fallout, new, Fallout 4 news I have. Uh, oh, Grand Theft Auto 5 has sold through 54 million copies. And it still doesn't work properly online. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, holy shit. 54 million copies. It's a little ridiculous. It's a good game. We talked about it on a previous episode of the Spoiler Cast, which you should totally check out on threeheadedboy.com. Shameless plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. Woo! Uh, it's a long episode. It's fun. We all played it. For once. Yeah. Last little bit of news I have. Um, Are you it, pregnant? 
Oh, I got a food baby kind of stirring up. Got to do those growlers before the podcast starts. But uh, uh, <clears throat> Capcom has greenlighted a remake of Resident Evil 2. Kind of like they did for the first Resident Evil. Okay. That's the third Resident Evil, right? RE2 is probably... I'm not sure which one I actually like better. I'm not sure if I like RE2 or RE3 better, because they take place concurrently. 3 is Nemesis, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure which one I like better. But it's another HD Resident Evil game from the good ones. Because I think Capcom has realized that, shit, we don't know how to make a good Resident, e- a good new Resident Evil game anymore, so we might as well rehash the old ones. Well, I thought 4 was really... I mean, maybe that's still considered an oldie but a goodie now. It, 4 is an oldie but a goodie now. Okay. Even, like, five, and 5 was solid, like, technically, but it just wasn't... I played a bunch of it, and it wasn't scary, and it wasn't really Resident Evil. No. E. It... Five also had some problems with AI and yeah. equipment and items use. Um, no, I think the last good Resident Evil game made since RE4 was uh, probably Revelations. Okay. And we may get to Res- Revelations two for hype and grind. Yeah, we for, should do some Halloweeny stuff, huh? Yeah. Probably get on that soon because. Well, we're gonna want that stuff recorded ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Let's um, creep it up. Yeah, to do our. Uh, Resident Evil Athon. Alright, so my next move I have is, um, and I'm just going to slash through this because it's not, I don't think either one of you guys care about it. I don't even really much care about it, but it's big. So World of Warcraft, they have a new expansion coming out called World of Warcraft Legion. Yep. Boosting level to 110. Uh, there's a new yep. Demon Hunter class, so the which, first time in a while there's a new class since the Monks, which yep. nobody cares about. There's also the Warcraft movie coming out. Yes. The poster of which, have you seen the uh, fan fix of the poster? Oh no. I have not. I haven't so, seen the original poster either. So the original poster is, you know, like this knightly guy in armor and right. standing and stuff going on. Um, the fanfics of it takes his pauldrons and makes them fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not accurate. Vroom! Yeah. That's accurate. That's awesome. Pauldrons for days. So that happened. Um, I did want to mention that Dota 2 was on ESPN. Uh, oh my god. Because oh, of, that's something we need to talk about. Because of the play, yeah. No. Uh, so, uh, so they are so esports is now banning performing performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Basically, when I think it was one of the top Dota players came out, I was like, yeah, our entire team was like highballing Adderall. Yeah, like oh, for the whole week. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's like, so it's not just that I'm old and crotchety. I just can't beat twelve year old kids who are high on Adderall. <laughs> Even but, in esports. It's just fascinating to see esports becoming so... Such a thing. Such a thing. Don't worry, it will stop. Yep. Wait, what? I'm saying it, it will stop being a thing. Yeah. You Remember think? when Professional Magic the Gathering was a thing? They still they still play those Star City games stuff. Right? I've, already, I've already seen the death knell of esports in a video online. Yeah. The guy who's playing a fighting game and thinks he has the guy beaten and starts to celebrate because he's on camera. Oh, I love that. And uh, the guy brings it back and beats him. Yeah, that was awesome. That was um, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear Exer at this year's EVO. That was great. I watched that live. Yeah. That was awesome. I will, I will say that, that last Street Fighter 
match. That was yeah for that championship match. That was tense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because do you know you know the Evo rule about equipment failure? Yes, that's a forfeit. Yeah, yeah. on the person whose equipment has failed. Yeah. Yep. Well, he did forfeit that round. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty nut- nutty match. Um, I watched a lot of Evo. I think I was supposed to. Oh, I was supposed to do a bunch of things that day, and nothing came through. So I just said, "Oh well, fuck it. It's gonna sit at home, eat some sandwiches, and watch." See if maybe I can Twitch spot Dave. Day. Yeah, yeah. He was there earlier, though. I, I I guess he was he was playing in the background of one of the uh, the feeds, uh, yeah. but I missed him because I poor I, Dave I got knocked out early. Yeah, rip. Yeah, rip Smash Brothers, Dave. Yeah, my roommate. Um, Competed in Evo this year in Vegas in Smash Four, got destroyed. Yep. At least he didn't go up against Daigo in his first round. Yeah. Unlike unlike some YouTube personalities. Yeah. His um. So what's interesting is his pool that he was in. He lost in the first round to a sponsored guy, but his pool had the guy who came in second in the yep. whole thing in his pool. So. So he was doing pretty much to anyways. begin with. It just was yeah. a matter of time. Yeah. That was that. Evo was a thing. It was fun. Evo was getting huge. He posted a little. I posted a little article thing about it. And then eventually, uh, and then didn't the hotel that Evo took place in like catch fire almost immediately afterwards? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think I think remember that being a thing. All right. That's all the news I've got. Burp. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I don't have anything. Are we all right. News. So I think we're going to take a break. We're going to crank the AC for a little bit, let it get cool in here again. Yep. And then when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit of Bloodborne and those masochistic good old RPG action game, whatever you call them. So stay tuned. Burp. And we're back, and we're going to talk about Bloodborne. This is the spoiler cast that almost never happened. Actually, and, I think we've had a few of those. And it still and it still should be a spoiler cast that hasn't happened, because Tristan's the only one that's actually finished this game. I've played a, bu- a bit of it. Patrick, you've only watched it? Have you played it at all? Did you try it with Tristan? No, just haven't. So Tristan's going to lead this conversation. We're going to talk about the st- storyline of, of Bloodborne, which we have been acclimated to, so we are, we can yep. just talk about it a I little bit. I gave these guys a one-over, showed them a few videos. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll talk about just these kind of games in general. I've played this one. I've played very little. Um, the other ones like Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, okay. So the important thing to know about Bloodborne is this is it is a game that is different from Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Same engine and stuff, but it is a very different feel to the game, and especially now and how you play it and what strategies actually work. That's. I think that's why a lot of people who play Are you a lot saying of... that you can't sidestep and watch the Black Knight walk off a cliff anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, it's a little more action-packed, right? Yes, it's a it's fast, simplified. more frenetic, yeah, and simple. it, It's simplified. There's not nearly as many different stats that have weird, arcane effects on your abilities. Um, it's So it, it's kind of a simplified and more action-oriented installment of the games right um, which is which is happy time for people like me right it, who likes to play games that play themselves yeah like Final Fantasy 13 <laughs> you you're never gonna let you live that down you know well Bloodborne is more fun to me than the others I think it's honestly more than anything it's just the environment the characters the creatures oh, yeah. is more interesting this game is gorgeous mm. it is it a beautiful is, game it is horrific but beautiful in its yeah, form. Yeah, it's very gothic and very cool. Oh, yes. Um, Alright. So, it is also a separate storyline from the Dark Souls games, which is one of the things I really liked. Because, like, I, like, from what I know of the Dark Souls storyline, I really like, but in order to know it, you have to play Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls 2. Right. And those games are hard Long. to get through. Let's put it at that. Is this now? Is this considered to be the easiest game too? I know it's more accessible and it's faster, but is it considered any easier than the other? I others? don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's. It's definitely considered more accept, uh, accessible. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's considered easier. I think. I think Dark Souls Two is considered the easiest out of all of them. Interesting. Now, bearing in mind that we're still talking about games with a very high difficulty level. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think Dark Souls Two is considered the easiest out of all of them. These um, are games where you can wander off, you can get yourself killed, you can lose lots of progress. Oh god, you can lose so much progress. Um, yeah, if you lose to a boss, it's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, as as much as it seems like it should. Um, but but like I said, what I really like about it is that it is a new storyline. Yeah, the same guys. And holy crap, is it a storyline? Yeah, I watched that video and that was was pretty uh, it was pretty intense. So, My brain was it is also uh, still melted. I it think. is also more Lovecraftian. Yes, it is very Lovecraftian, mm -hmm. which is another reason I love it so much. Right. Um, okay, so I, I so let's start with the story. Okay, start with the story, and I think the best way to approach this is to go in chronological order of the events in the storyline. Sure. Okay, so you have these two. Now bear, bear in mind, this is. Almost none of this is actually told to us. Mm -hmm. This is all inferred. It is read from items. It is deduced. It is sort Your of take on the story. Bioshock and very different. Yeah. Um, so you start off with these two ancient civilizations. Um, this ancient like race of, of humans and basically old. The old gods from Lovecraftian mythos. Sure. Um, the so these these old ones can't 
reproduce on their own. They need to... Certain conditions have to be met. They have to use surrogates. They have to go through all this, all this, these things in order to make new ones. Um, and and so they kind of use this earlier human human race, race to do so. Um, time is also very weird for them. Like, like the last, um, like the last queen of these ancient people. Let's see, eventually manages to successfully birth an infant great old old one who by the time you come around into the storyline is still an infant mm-hmm. even though like an entire society has ended and a new one has started since then so it's not a quick process here uh, of actually these things growing up so so this ancient civilization works with these old ones. The old ones ascend to become full-on, you know, extra-dimensional... Craziness. Crazy gods, basically. Uh, and I've seen most of the bosses in her. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Oh, yeah. Disgusting and cool. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yep. Um, so this ancient civilization gets... Basically collapses. Um, and the town of Yarnum is... Is, is built up on these ruins. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of theories as to why this old this old empire crumbled. Um, the current prevailing theory amongst most people online is that they were using the blood of the old ones to sort of tr- to try and transform themselves or to follow the old ones. And it went wrong. <laughs> it went Super fucking wrong. And this is a theme that's going to be repeated. Um, so you have a new... So humanity shows up, starts building shit, builds on, off on these ruins, builds up off of these ruins, and eventually a group of scholars from this school called Bergenworth find these ruins of this old civilization, and they go, they go du- basically dungeon diving... And they find a stash of blood from the old gods. And they and what they discover so they discover the existence of the old gods, they find all this blood, and what they discover is that the blood has that the blood affects people. In that in small doses it appears to cure almost fucking anything. Like you name it, this will cure it. So they bring this back to the school of Bergenworth under Master Willem, who is the current like like headmaster of the school. And uh, Willem Willem is a very cautious man and decides that that rather than trying to elevate humanity through using the blood mm-hmm. or trying to reach them that way, that it would be better to to study and. Get, and sort of gain more arcane knowledge, which is the insight rating in the game. Mm-hmm. So the, you have two ways of powering up in, in Blood War. One is through insight, one is through blood echoes. Blood echoes improve your physical stats. Insight you can use to purchase things that help you out, but it also affects the environment of the game, which we'll get to when we actually talk about gameplay. So you have this sort of dichotomy between insight and blood. 
one of Willem's uh, protégés decides that that Willem is being too cautious and splits off to study to study the blood and just and practice with that. Um, and he goes on to found to found the Healing Church. That's is, Murgo, right? No, not Murgo. What's his name? Murgo is the infant great. Yeah. Born of the last. Born of the last ruler of the. Of Yarnum. Of Yarnum. Of the old. Of the old species. Um. So the healing church. So he creates the healing church. The, this church dedicated to the old ones and sort of reaching out to them through the use of, of the blood. And they are small to begin with. They come to this te- to the town of Yarnum, and well, to the town of what is in the game Old Yarnum, mm-hmm. um, and it is hinted that they introduce a disease into Old Yarnum called the Ashen Blood, which is what the poison effect is and what the medicine chemicals are designed to cure. Okay. It, it is it is insinuated that the Healing Church. Engineered and deliberately sent loose this plague in in Yarnum, so that the Healing Church can step in and be like, "Hey guys, we've got this cure." So you've got a town, people dying off of plague when all of a sudden these guys show up with a basic, basically a honest to great old ones miracle. Which is this blood that can cure just about damn near anything. Yep. And so, because of this, the healing church becomes very powerful very quickly. Um, I'm trying to collect my thoughts because there's a lot to talk about. Um, the healing church starts off with these sort of two different divisions. You've got the choir and the school of Mensis. The choir... Because the big thing is that is that the Church of the Church of the Healing Blood actually finds a great old one who was left behind, like an actual. They basically find Cthulhu. So the choir is set up around where this great old one, Ebrietas, resides. Mm-hmm. And so the, the choir sort of meets with Ebriatas and focuses on sort of as, trying to ascend through this contact. You've got the School of Mensis, which is kind of the healing church trying to use insight, like the Bergenworth scholars. Okay. All the while, they are pushing hard the, the blood healing, the healing blood. And then it turns out that if you use too much healing blood, so, so like I said, healing blood affects people. In small doses, it makes you better. It heals you. But if you use too much of it, it starts changing you. And that change can either go good or it can go bad. So there are there are like these two different enemies that you encounter. One are sort of like these weird, like, mushroom guys who use arcane magic. Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Party foul. Party foul. Um, 
my stance is that that is what happens when someone who's been has been using the blood to try and ascend along with using insight. Is that it's a more controlled trying because they, they look more like the old ones. Mm-hmm. And then if you have people who just abuse the blood, they turn into the beasts. Okay. That is my stance on this. That's the big difference here. So all the so that's why you encounter the beasts first, because the beasts are just the regular average people who have been using too much of the blood, and who. So as you use the blood, you start degenerating and turning into a beast. Mm-hmm. And the church is like, oh shit. Side effects may may include. Turning into a beast. Turning into a goddamn beast and murdering everyone around you as you go insane. So, so the Healing Church starts up a third branch, which is the Hunter's Workshop, which is, which, uh, which is led by Gurman, who is a friend of Willem and. That's um, Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the guy the, Cage Head. Right, right, right. Um, I can't think of his name either. Mensis, yeah. I think. Is uh, name. Of, of Master Willem and his apprentice. Yeah. So the three of them were friends and colleagues at some point. And so German went with, went with the protege when the healing church was founded off and he and became the head of the hunter's workshop. So their original goal or original purpose was to be kind of like the cleanup crew to try and keep the beasts under wraps. Mm-hmm. Problem was, was that they, in fighting the beasts, you got hurt. And the way you cured yourself was with blood, which turns you, which puts you on the path to turning into a beast. And then the priests of the healing church were big on on blood ceremony and stuff also around the blood all the time which is why the cleric beast the first boss you yep. fight is so fucking huge yep. is the clerics and the priests turned into the worst beasts because they were just like hardlining blood all the time yep. as part of their as part of their duties and eventually the hunter the eventually the hunter's workshop cannot keep up and there are just beasts fucking everywhere so, so the human church decides to disband the hunter's workshop and employ their own brand of hunters, the, the, uh, the guys in black like uh, Father Gascoigne. So basically they, they set aside their own trained assassins and create a militia, which is where the hunt comes in. So, so the hunt is basically everyone in town going on a fucking witch hunt or in this case a beast hunt for anyone who's turning into a yep. beast and it gets so bad that old Yarnum is burned to the ground well almost and basically sealed off Is it's, it's just no old Yarnum is too far gone so German's been shifted aside and now no longer has a purpose because his he, workshop has been closed down. Um, the protege is off doing everything he possibly can to try and amass power and ascend. 
And meanwhile, poor Willem is trying to go through... Is trying to reach the Great Old Ones without using blood. Like, at all. If at all possible. Trying to go through pure insight. And each of them, in their own turn, comes into contact with a portion of a Great One's umbilical cord. Probably the umbilical cord left over from Murgo, who was birthed from the last queen of the old uh, right. of the old empire. Holy crap. We're getting into this. And what using this part of the umbilical cord does is it lets you basically... It, it's like phone a friend in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, <laughs> except your friend <laughs> is goddamn Cthulhu. <laughs> Code of the night. Yep. And the great, the great, the old ones are inherently don't want to necessarily sympathetic, but um, willing to cooperate, cooperative, because they need other beings to help them make more of them. So the protege uses his. And basically pulls the entire school into this nightmare realm where they can try and speak to the old ones. And Murigo is the one they really kind of pair up with. Which is the big thing that sets off everything going to shit when you arrive. Yep. So because of that, the things have gotten exponentially worse in like a day. Willem has used his to gain insight and to keep gaining insight. And he, the and the great old one he partners with is Rom, the vacuous spider. The greatest name of a boss in the history of boss yep. names. And to be fair, Rom is pretty damn spider-like. Yep. Um. And so, so Willem and Rom set out to try and undo or at least contain. The situation uh, created by the school of Mensis, and then Gurman by that moon thing, right? Somehow, by sort of near as I can tell, they kind of create a. So my my thought on this is that Rom and Willem create this sort of um, interspersing layer between. We're trying to thicken up the, the gap between the nightmare dimension and our reality. To try and kind of keep pushing them aside to try and mitigate the damage. German, now German also comes into war, into possession of, of a part of the umbilical cord. And German uses, German uses his and gets in contact with the moon presence. At this point, German... So, German's two best friends. So, Willem has basically shut himself off in the school of Bergenworth, talking to... Crazy... Talking to Cthulhu. His pro... His other, his other friend, the protege, has basically murdered his entire school to pull them all into a nightmare dimension. And the workshop he created has been completely disbanded 
and their work basically undone. So he wants, so there are two things he wants. He wants companionship and he wants a purpose. And his using a use of the cord draws him to the moon presence. And my stance is that the moon presence is the great old one who doesn't want there to be more old ones for whatever reason. Like, there's probably some politics, you know, old one politics or something going on here. Or maybe just the more of them there are, the more, like, their power gets spread out, or who knows. So, so the Moon Presence creates the Hunter's Dream, recreating uh, Gurman's workshop for him, basically. Create, gives life to the doll he made to be his companion. And basically turns German into a puppet to control and guide people through the Hunter's Dream. But completely subservient to the Moon Presence. But that means he needs hunters. So people who are appropriate start getting pulled into the dream. So Eileen, Eileen the Crow is one of them. Love Eileen, uh, who who is a hunter of. Eileen, hunters. great girl, great girl. Well, you have you have. <laughs> but no, she's she's a hunter of hunters, and she's an old hunter. So she's probably she uh, she was probably the first one pulled into the dream, and she was probably either a friend or a contemporary of both German and Gascoigne and the other hunters that you meet. So, but her part of the hunters workshop was designed to deal with hunters who become too, who go too beastie. Uh, when we meet Eileen, she has been cut free of the hunters' dream. Okay. You come to, so you show up. It, it is it is implied that you are suffering from some malady. Either, either an incurable disease or something. So you come to Yarnum for the blood treatment. And in the process of getting blood treated, you are grabbed by German as, Hey, you're the sort of person I need. So you get pulled into the Hunter's Dream. When you die. From that first fucking werewolf. Or if you're a G like me, just run just, past the you werewolf. Just, you and just get into the murdered screen. elsewhere. Yeah, well, I got murdered elsewhere, but yeah, when I played through it in my copy, I made it to the Hunter's Dream all by myself. <laughs> so, but basically, the way the Hunter's Dream works is if you are tied to it, when you die, you go back, and you get to get spat back out into the real world before you had died, technically. Or in sort of this weird alternate timeline where you weren't killed. So it's, it's kind of like... it go, It's kind of Inception-y where you wake up in a different layer. Right. Is it possible to make it through the game without experiencing the Hunter's Dream? Yes. Wow. What you have to do... Well, yeah, you have is to be at level to, one, pretty much. You have to never die... Yep. You have to never use a bonfire. Yep. 
you have to beat the game without dying, without leveling up, right. and with only the equipment that you can find. You have That means you do it without using runes, you do it without ever uh, turning in blood echoes or anything. People have done it. Because there are people who are insane like that. Can you save? No. Right, because you have to save in the Hunter's Dream. Yeah. So they've just gone through the whole thing. Yeah. Basically, the way you do it is you only fight the bosses that you have to fight. And what does that do for you as a player? Do you know? Um, Because that would change the whole storyline. You never pulled in the Hunter's Dream in the first place. Well, you you end up in the Hunter's Dream anyways at the end. Once you fight Murgo's wet nurse and beat Murgo. Yep. Because you're back into there. Uh, That's lame. But, having never gone into the Hunter's Dream, um, it the ending plays out a little differently. Um, I can't w- recall exactly what's different about it. Um, anyways. Anyways, so, so you show up and, and get pulled into the Hunter's Dream and get tasked... Basically, it's join the hunt, kill the beasts, and maybe you'll survive for the night. Everything in the... As you go through the game, you start off hunting the beasts, like any good hunter should. Right. Um, But in turn... As you go through, you basically meet and deal with all three of the old ones that that Willem and German have made contact with. Right. And then some. Because you fight and kill Rom, you fight and kill Murgo, and if you've done it right, you fight and kill the Moon Presence. Everything is leading you to fighting and killing Murgo. Like like all of the bonfires, everything is a path that ends with 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 Murgo. So so my stance is, is that the reason for the hunter's dream is specifically to kill Murgo. Which is why when Murgo is dead and you come to the dream, it's on fire and falling apart. Because it's not needed anymore. Right. And Murgo's the new newest born Old one, right. right. So there will be the no, no of, new line yet. Right. Is the newest of the real ones. Um, you find and kill Rom, which breaks down the barrier between, which is how you can eventually get into the nightmare dimension. Because mm-hmm. you broke, you had to break through that barrier to do so. You don't have to kill Willem, but you probably did because he has a really important room. <laughs> All this sounds very Shadow of the colossus Spoiler alert about Shadow of the Colossus, sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Where, well, you're, where you're sort of on this quest to save something or do something, but in the meantime you're destroying everything else, sort of, kind of, in its wake. Kind yeah. of like God of War 3 is in the same way. I know those are both very random games to compare to Bloodborne, but in the same way you are working towards this kind of very selfish goal, but in the process of destroying and breaking down everything about the world right. that makes it a thing. Well, and it's, it's hinted that... It's hinted that the other hunters you encounter in Yarnum and, and elsewhere are ones who were in the same position as you, but who gave up. Okay. 
And so, it, it which kind of has to deal with Dark Souls, which I will get to in a moment. But my sense is that they are the ones who are, because they are the only, the hunters, hunters and bosses are the only things that when you kill them, stay dead. Right. And don't come back. Right. So my, my sense is that what happens is that they are the ones, there are more people who Gurman pulled, but who ended up being unsuitable or who gave up on the hunt. Mm-hmm. And so he cut them loose because they were useless to him. Yep. So you are prob- not the first one going through this. Mm-hmm. You were just the most successful one. Um, and as you go on, if you know what you're doing or know where to look, you start accumulating the pieces, uh, the, the parts of the umbilical cords. Yep. You always get... Well, no, you don't always get that one. The, there are three endings. Okay. Three possible endings that you can get. Which one did you get? I got the... I got what is ostensibly the good ending. Okay. Yeah, because nothing from the video I saw, nothing seemed like the good ending. Well, so the ending I got is one that has the most potential for okay. good things to come out of it. Okay. So, after you've defeated Murgo, well, after you've defeated Murgo's wet nurse and basically done a super late-term abortion to a god... Returns to the Hunter's Dream, Hunter's Dream is falling apart because its purpose has been fulfilled. So, German's pact with the Moon Presence has ended. And you, there are three options at this point. You, you approach German, so, and German offers to cut you free. The, the hunt has ended, and German ha, ha, offers to cut you free of the dream. He does this by killing you in the dream. You die in the dream, you wake up in, in real life. You are you again. You might be healed of whatever malady was afflicting you that you went through the blood administration to begin with. And dawn has, is rising over what remains of Yarman. That's not the good ending, then. That is the ambiguous ending. Okay. That is the... We don't know how badly shit is fucked up after right. all this. We don't know if you're cured. We don't know what happened. You can choose. You can also choose to decline German's offer. Mm-hmm. In which case, he tries to do it to you by force. <laughs> yeah. If you defeat German, you get his piece of the umbilical cord. Or no, I'm sorry, you don't get a piece of uh, umbilical cord from German. You always get it from Murgo. Yeah. Uh, so you always get at least one piece of the umbilical cord. Um. If you beat Gurman, the Moon Presence comes down and goes, Okay, oh, well now. You seem to be a much more viable candidate for my continued murdering of my ilk. And basically, you take Gurman's place. A new Hunter's Dream is created, and the doll becomes your caretaker. And you get in that fucking wheelchair. Congratulations. What? Bravo. Your life is crap now. That's the bad ending. That's the bad ending. If you manage to collect at least three thirds of the umbilical cord. I collected one and a third umbilical cords. Because I got every single piece. Because dear god I was going to do everything in this game. 
And if you use them all... You have to use them as like an item throughout the game, basically, to get power. You So you don't have to use them. Okay, you just have to get them. Using them gives you insight. Okay. A lot of insight. Okay. If you use at least three, one full umbilical cord, which, bear in mind, so, German with a third of it was able to meet a great old one and create the hunter's dream and basically make an immortal army of hunters yep. to kill old ones. With a third of the umbilical cord, the protege was able to pull an entire school into an, another dimension to meet with old ones. Yep. You have a full cord, which is a lot more than anything else has ever been able to obtain up until this point. Right. If you use all th- at least three, a full cord, when the moon presence comes down, it is unable to turn you into a puppet. Because you you have sort of surpassed what is expected of humanity. You then fight the moon presence. And if you beat it, you've proven yourself the better of not one, not two, but three. At least three old gods. Four if you've gone and beat being Ebrietas. So at this point, you are ridiculously strong and... Right. You have been binging on blood this whole time. Yep. You have a crap ton of insight because you have because you've been using yep, the all, all those, and you've probably just been building insight throughout the game, anyways. Like I ended the game with a hundred insight, which is the max, or ninety-nine insight, which is the max. Okay. And there are now one, two, three, at least three, maybe four vacancies. So by doing this, by ending, but you basically take on sort of the role of the moon presence in a way. Yep. The hunters and the hunter's dream becomes basically your new womb, and you evolve into an into a new elder great one. Okay. But you are a great old one of humanity. That's the important thing. Okay. If you can do it. That means others can, because the old, the old civilization was never successful. They were able to give birth to new great ones, but none of them were able to actually ascend. So it's so it's you and the doll in the dream, and same thing. All this shit has happened. So Yarnum has been pretty fucking decimated in terms of population by this point by you. So it is hinted at in that ending that you have dealt with the arm situation in Yarma. You have ascended and at this point fairly neatly dealt with the Church of Healing Blood. So now humanity has a chance to ascend. Which is something that apart from the original old ones, no one has had a chance to. That's why I think that ending is the quote unquote best ending. Because it's the one with the most potential for humanity. Right. Wow. Also, you get to see yourself as a weird little tentacly squiddy thing. I don't even smoke, and I need a cigarette right now. That was, yeah. That was all too much. Whoa. Yeah. And that's the first game. There may be more Bloodborne. There's, they've already announced a 
big expansion. Oh, really? Yep. Cool. So. Well, how would that work if you're a slug? Right. So it's a. So once you beat the game, you do New Game Plus. So you can go back through it. So you I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be an expansion within sort of your first the go through, go for, yeah. so to speak. Um, you don't get to play as a slug and kind of crawl around? No. No. That's okay, because you've got the doll taking care of you. There it is. She's the best character. <laughs> um, now, so Dark Souls... So I mentioned, I mentioned how the hunters mm-hmm. are kind of like your predecessors who gave up. Yep. That is the whole... That right there is the whole setting of Dark Souls. Okay. Is that all the enemies you fight in Dark Souls are undead who gave up and hollowed out. Okay. Because in Dark... So this is actually kind of a brilliant thing about Dark Souls. So the hollowing process in Dark Souls is never fully explained, but it's hinted that having a purpose is what prevents you from hollowing out. Having something to live for, to fight for, what have you. So, the undead you fight are those who have hollowed, those who have lost their purpose, or who have given up. So the reason you are still going is you still have a purpose. You as a player have the purpose of beating the game. Right. So when you stop trying to beat the game, when the game give, when you give up on it, you hollow out. So not so in a way, all the enemies you are fighting are other players who have given up. Right. It's kind of an interesting way to think about it, considering that there is PvP in both games series. So the moral of the story: don't after, give up after sixty never hours. Surrender. Yeah, after sixty hours plus hours is don't give up. Cool. Yep. There are there's a lot more I could go into about Bloodborne please, about please. about themes like uh, like please eyes don't. being a theme and blood and birth and dreaming and but I'm not going to because I just talked a crap ton. Yeah, I need to rest my vocal cords. That was actually a great spoiler cast. It's like the first spoiler cast we've had in a while. Believe it or not, <laughs> we yeah. talked about the storyline and what happened and what we thought. But uh, yeah, that was pretty Who's intense. Me? Yeah, it's it all me. It's because these two. Well, Pat can't because Pat doesn't have a PS4. Right. For those of you who can't tell, that awkward silence and experiencing the game and watching a video on it are two different things. Yes. Oh God, yes. Uh, that's that's one thing is that like you can see a, watch a lot of people play this game. Problem is, is that yeah, playing it and experiencing it are ve- watching it and experiencing it are very different. Especially because a lot of the storyline stuff and a lot of the, the detail and the flavor of the game is in descriptions and in you doing stuff or you being like, the game is, wow, man, that was hard. I just beat that thing. Whoo, go me. Right. Two steps forward. Oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think personally, I think the most. I think the most what the fuck or oh shit what the hell is that experience for me was either actually it was probably the fight against the boss who's an amalgam of corpses. Yes, I've ever seen that. I think it was crazy. Yeah, where I'm just like, what the shit is that? 
when I fought Ebrietis, I had a very different experience. When I fought Ebrietis, I was like, because I hadn't seen her up to this point. Yeah. Like, I desperately avoided spoilers on this game. So when I first saw Ebrietis, I'm like, huh. Well, this is a kind of a neat area. It's, you know, off the beaten path. And I just fought these things. Oh, this is a big, oh, this is definitely a boss right now. What's that? That looks oddly familiar. Oh my god, it's Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> Cthulhu! Buddy! How's it going? I, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. And then I got killed. A lot. Um, so that wasn't really a WTF. Uh, my favorite boss design? That's a hard one. Because a lot of these bosses are... Their designs are amazing. Yeah, the bosses are something to behold. They really are. They're really cool. Like, um, like Dark Beast Parlo is cool because he's all like skeleton wolfy. Yeah. Um, my favorite boss, it's it's a toss up between Vicar Amelia. Okay. Because her does her. Uh, have you seen Vicar Amelia at all? Probably, but I don't remember which one it is. Um, she's the one you find in the cathedral. She turns into the great big wolf with the bandage arms and the hood and. Okay, yeah. Like, her design is, like, fantastic. Uh, like, the like the remnants of, like, the holy garb, you know, clothed around this gigantic wolf. and I love that design. Or uh, Murgo's Wet Nurse. Okay. Which kind of looks similar to what you just described. Well, Murgo's Wet Except Nurse... Except tall, tall, standing. Well, Murgo's Wet Nurse, forearms, all with blades, but it is empty. Like which you, it's hard to see in the vid- in videos, but if you see it like on an actual screen, you get it. Is that it is like it's this robed thing with these arms coming out, but the robe is empty. Like it lifts up the hood, and there's nothing in that hood, but it's draped around where it should be. Yep. So it is something that is there. That things affect, you know, that things like drape over, but that you cannot see. Neat. And it's it's this really like cool effect when you actually see it in action. I like the thing with the little, it's almost like it almost looks like a vagina. It's got like the tentacles inside of it, like the eyeballs. It's got like the little That's Abrietas. Oh that is Abrietas, okay. Cool. With the with the weird like circular head and the eyes in the middle and the Yes. Yeah. That's Abrietas. Yeah. With that also has te- wings that are tentacles. Yes. Yes. Like I said, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah. oh, it's Cthulhu! That one is very cool. Yeah. Um, so these games, let's talk gameplay. They're really hard. They are hard. No, um, except Dark Souls, where you could just sidestep a Black Knight and level up over and over and over again. Right. Um, there, was, there was one optional boss as part of Eileen's storyline that you could bug out. Uh, Basically, he was armed with a weapon. There's a weapon you can get that in its alternate form does a lot more damage and does poison damage, but it drains your health over time. Um, It used to be that if you... So the way the boss was supposed to work, this boss was supposed to work, was when you're fighting him, if you run, if you leave, he he turns around. Like he lets you run if you okay back off far enough. And what the bug was was if you got him, if you got him to engage his weapon into that second form, so that it was draining his health, right, and then right. leave, 
Sometimes he would bug out and not put the sword away. And would bug out and his health would just drain to nothing and he would die. Yep. They patched that out. Like, I think in like the first patch. And he was a bitch. Because <laughs> he, he moves very, very quickly. He has all the same abilities as you because he's an enemy hunter. He kills you in three hits. And he is very good at countering you. And if he counters you, you're gone. You're just dead. There's, he does so much damage on a counter hit that it's just, no. Um, which is one of the big things with this game. is So in, in Dark Souls, the way most people got through Dark Souls was the uh, plank and dodge technique. Which is, you get yourself a good shield and you hide behind it. Or roll to evade things that will break through your shield. And then just very slowly whittle down bosses. Yep. Basically, the the from software saw that this was a like thing, an easy gameplay, yeah, easy gameplay thing, and they're like, "Fuck that!" There is one shield in the entire game of Bloodborne, and it is utter crap. <laughs> um, what you have instead is you have more mobility. Well, you you have a lot more mo- mobility, but you have. A your primary weapon changes, right. and your secondary weapon is a ranged weapon that does, typically doesn't do too much damage. But you can do a build that does does the damage with it, or you can just use the cannon. There's a cannon. It's fucking sweet, um, but it's primarily for staggering enemies, yep. so that you can counter them. Uh, I, I have to say, I actually love, I really love the uh, switchable weapon system. Because mm-hmm. it basically means that every weapon you have is actually two weapons. Right. Plus switching between them. Like the Kirkhammer is a, it's a sword that has a giant sledge on the end of its sheath. So what you do is you sheath it, it locks into place, and then you pull it out and it's a great hammer. Yep. Um, so what you can do is you can use it as a sword... You can use it as a hammer, or you can switch between the two in mid-combo. Uh, actually, one of the best animations, I think, in the entire game is sword attack, sword attack, switch up. So you swing once, you swing twice. On the back swing, you take the sword, you sheath it on your back, and then you pull the whole thing off into a straight downward swing. That's quick. The animation is, like, perfectly well done, and it looks bad fucking ass. <laughs> um, my weapon of choice was the was uh, Ludwig's Holy Blade, which is the same thing except instead of turning into a hammer, it turns into a greatsword. It is also the best greatsword in any From Software game. In that it has the best moveset out of all of them. Nice. Um, I, wish, I wish Patrick and I could offer more to the conversation, but... yes. This is me Alas, ranting up. I'm just happy to be here, Dan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How many attempts did... Uh, so, which bosses have you fought? Just the Cleric Beast. Okay. <laughs> I thought Dan. it. I thought it was a thing that... Um, I thought it was one of those battles you were supposed to lose for the first time. Oh, no. That's the important thing. Is that there... In, in any From Software game, there are no battles you are supposed to lose. Yep. They are only battles you are supposed to win. Yep. But he's an optional boss, I believe. He is. You should fight him, 
Right. A, because, dear God, you're going to want the Blood Echoes for leveling up for finding Gascoigne. And B, because he drops an item which lets you get the Kirk Hammer. The uh, Kirk Hammer is one of the best weapons you'll use for a long time. Yep. Um, how many attempts did it... Have you beaten him? No. Oh, goddammit. Only a couple. Lost my lost all my blood echoes. Couldn't get back to him. Lost him again. That's disappointing. Yep. And I yeah. had other things. So that just means you just need to farm. <coughs> farm until you're strong you. enough. Thanks. Until you're a big strong man enough. That's right. Um, but I did unlock the ability level up, which is great. Yes. So that's actually so that's actually not tied to meeting the cleric beast. Oh, okay. It's the first time you. It's it is tied to your insight. Ah, okay. So that's so. Like I said, insight affects the game and the game world. You start off with no insight whatsoever. So when you first go to the hunter's dream, the doll is just a doll. Right. As you gain insight, either you are going batshit insane, you're or you're seeing the world for what it really is. Yep. Or you're seeing the world for what it is supposed to be from the great old one's perspective, or all three. Because they are not mutually exclusive. Right. Um, when you re reach new areas, when you first encounter a boss, when you beat a boss, are all times you gain insight. Okay. So, in a normal playthrough, usually the first time you gain insight is the first time you, you see... Lose, you see the boss. Yeah. Right. It's the first time you see the cleric priest. Which bumps you up enough. So you're now insane enough to see the doll <laughs> as a companion. Um, there are certain thresholds, too, where different things start happening. Right. Um, like, enemy designs change because you start seeing past what they look like to normal people and start seeing them for what they are. Uh, there are enemies, one of, one of whom is actually a boss, that are completely invisible until you are, until you have enough insight. Can they kill you? Yes! They can instantly kill you. And all you have to go on is them affecting the world around you. You can't see the attack coming. Like, you can't see them reaching down to get you, but you can see them affecting the world around you as they go for you. Okay. So that's what you have to look out for. Like water rippling or something like that, basically? Yeah, or? well, there's a, there's a sort of weird, actually, oh. like, okay. effect. Um, to tell you, by the way, you shouldn't be here yet kind of thing? Okay. No, that, dear God, something is reaching for you. Um, eventually you can see them. Right. And they are big, and they are everywhere. You're like, oh, fuck. You turn around, there's like a big one on the building behind you, you're like, oh, fuck. I just went really batshit, didn't I? Can they reach you if you can see them, though? Not all of them. Some okay. of them are, are so far away that they can't, can't reach you. Um, but you can go up and down in insight. For example, if you go all the way down to zero insight, guess what? The doll just becomes a doll again. Until how do you, you gain more insight. How do you lose insight? Uh, you can spend it oh, for okay. items. And there are enemies that drain it from you. This game is fucking retarded, dude. But you can also gain insight through items. Through uh, okay. Madman's knowledge, mm -hmm. through 
greater mammoth's knowledge and through using the um, uh, using the umbilical cord. Okay. And there's enough out there that you can spend a bunch of insight and still end the game with 90. Oh, okay. Unless you really suck and keep getting drained. Or go, eh, you know, I could use a whole bunch of items. Or, man, I could really use a whole bunch of things to level up my weapons and spend all of your insight on those. And totally fuck yourself over. Interesting. Because that's, that's the name of the game. Is The game is hard, but ultimately, the game isn't what cheats. You just screw yourself over. Interesting. Um, unlike some games that do cheat, I'm looking at you, XCOM. I wish I had more time and patience to get into this because it seems like a. Now that we have this conversation, it seems like a. And now that you've seen a bit more of the story, more interesting. Then. Yeah, but more so just the gameplay mechanics should be yeah. a lot more neat, and that's what I'm all about. And we know that from previous conversations. That's right. all I really ultimately and care that's about. That's that's the important thing about this game is that the gameplay is good. Yeah, it's really fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. It is sat. It's really satisfying. It's yeah. really tight. I don't think we've actually talked about that yet. That this game actually is, in fact, fun to play. Oh yeah, like if it wasn't, no one would beat it. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, if a new Dark Souls game or let's say Blood or new Bloodborne or something comes out, and you see a pre-owned copy available in your local retailer the day after, that's a quitter's edition. Don't get it. Because that is a version that was touched by someone who is m more of a coward and a wimp than you. I did get salty playing Bloodborne. I got, I got super salty about three times. One was... The first big time was when I got stuck on one boss for two weeks. God, that was some bullshit. And you know how I beat him? I gave up. I stopped worrying about my health. Yeah. I stopped worrying about trying to outthink him or outmaneuver him. And that's how I beat him. Actions I was do over, <laughs> I was overthinking it. Yeah. Like I was trying to be too fancy. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people I think that's one of the things is that a lot of everyone I've so the people I've talked to who played Dark Souls games seem to be the people who have the most trouble with Bloodborne. And these games have a have like a philosophy of you need to unlearn what you have learned. The like all the habits you've picked up as a gamer will only hurt you here. Like there's a there's a storyline in Bloodborne where if you do the stereotypical, well, I'll do the good guy thing. Because that will give me, you know, that usually gives me more rewards. Because it's a harder thing to do. No, if you do the good guy thing, you don't get any reward. At all. Are you referring to the um, the beggar that you can help out and tell him where the hunter's dream is? No. I'm talking about the little girl who, whose mom and dad are missing. I don't know that one. Of course not. You haven't gotten that far. Guess what? Her dad turned into a beast and killed her mom. And you have to kill her dad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, and there's even... It gets worse. Like you think that's bad enough? Of hey I'm sorry little girl I've turned you into an orphan? It gets 
worse. And I'm not gonna, that's one thing I'm not going to spoil on here. Because I don't want to get into it. Because, dear God, it is soul-crushing. Yeah, and if you do the good guy thing, you get no reward, and it only makes things even worse. Yeah. Alright. Fair enough. Um, so that, so that, that's a big part of these games, is you need to unlearn what you have learned. And Bloodborne is kind of interesting because the Dark Souls games are you need to unlearn all of your habits from being a normal gamer. Bloodborne is, no, no, you need to unlearn all of your habits from, from being, being a Dark, Dark Souls, Souls player. You don't have your shield. It's attack. Why aren't you attacking? Attack. You can heal by attacking. Like, yeah. Oh my god, this. This is a reason to own a PS4. This game is like if you are, if you are eyeing up next gen consoles, and you are like, maybe I should go with an Xbox. Maybe I should go with a PS4. Maybe I should just say fuck it and buy a Wii U and not ever play any games. <laughs> hey, I've been playing nothing but the Wii U for the last year. Don't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm being I'm being intentionally trolling. I know you are. I love my Wii U. Um, if you are if you are debating between systems, Bloodborne is a reason to buy a PS4 because it is one of the best games this console generation thus far and will probably remain one of the best games for this console generation until the next generation wow that's some those are some words right there yeah maybe when we get to our next best games of the generation our top 10 this will be up there oh it'll definitely be on mine cool I'll have to get another shot yes you should I will yes you should I also had the unfortunate mistake of picking the a not good starting character build hmm which ended up being okay in the end, because uh, everything in, sort of in the end everything balances out. Okay. But for the early game, I was like, oh, I very quickly, bus, yeah. I very quickly realized, oh crap, I picked the wrong king loadout. Cool. Go with the axe, kids. Pick the axe. The cane is cool, but pick the axe. <laughs> Have anything else to? Uh... I think we did a pretty good job of spoiling it and talking about the story and the combat and the series and I'm in yep. a happy place. Yep. Someday I'll do I'll do a video about I me play. beating it. Nice. Because I, I, I made sure to record me beating it. Oh nice. Um I have it's right there. It's on my desktop. Bloodborne N dot M four V. Um Nice. I, yeah, I wanna do a video on it. I just need someone to shoot it. Praise the sun! <laughs> Alrighty. That was it for, for this month <laughs> of the podcast. Um, thanks, Tristan, for doing the majority of the talking. I hope you guys found it interesting. If you guys want to see more of these, you can go to our website at threeheadedboy.com. You can also subscribe to the spoiler cast on wow, iTunes or Stitcher. Um, or listen to all the episodes on the website I just previously mentioned. If you have yep. any questions, comments, we have a comment section below on our website. You can also That's check fun. out all of our video stuff oh, yeah. at, at the 3 Boy YouTube channel. Um, we need to work on actually getting a proper 
URL for that. Yeah, which I tried. There was issues, but we'll get we'll, yeah, we'll talk we'll get, about that we'll off, off the off the mic. Yeah, if you search for Three Headed Boy, you will find us. Yeah, uh, there are two channels because Dan was a dumb and made two channels. <laughs> We're, We're the one with the actual videos on it. And views. Well, there's one with like two videos. Yeah, you'll know that's not the right one. Yeah, don't subscribe to that one. Subscribe to the one that has more videos. The videos from that other channel are linked to yep. in playlists on the actual channel. Yep. Cool, cool. And check us out and let us know if you have any questions or anything like that. Yep, be sure to read our, all of our fun articles on the website too. You can check out Rim Shots. One article uh, strong. One article strong. Hi, boy. Um, have a new article coming up in like a day after this is posted or probably yeah. actually before this is posted because I'll probably step uh, this out after the other article. Yeah, because the next article goes live... Tomorrow as a recording. Oh yeah, that's right. It's my new high point. Yes. About JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. And how amazingly awesome it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Spoiler Cast. And I'm haunted in the dark. Sacramentum of the wild. Evil born as human child. Seed of wolf and man.